0: By no one's demand, but our own and from our home office here in beautiful, sunny, quarantined Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee tickets brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports So it's been a very, very difficult, better part of the week at this point. And certainly a lot has happened since the last time that I got a chance to talk to you guys on Thursday night. We are experiencing a very, very difficult time in the United States of America right now. And so I thought it was important for us to have a very, very nuanced discussion with a lot of people, with a couple people, whose perspectives I really think are important to have right now. So today's going to be a conversation about the protests that are taking place in remembrance of George Floyd and police brutality against African Americans in this country, the just deep hurt that we are all experiencing and how deeply divisive this has become in a way that's honestly heartbreaking to me. I think that you guys are going to enjoy this conversation that we have with Teron Davenport of ESPN.com. Kari game the Titans fullback. Steve Cavendish from the Nashville Banner is going to give us the media perspective on everything that's gone down because our city is hurting right now and our country is hurting right now. And I thought it important for us to try and advance the conversation here on the 615 Sessions with some voices who resonate really loud at a time like this. I actually got a chance to go to the I Will Breathe rally, on Saturday, that was held peacefully at the state legislative plaza from 3 to 5. And when I left at about quarter till 5, I felt really good about what we accomplished, what was accomplished there, the messages that were sent, and the people who heard them, the people who showed up to hear them, and that it was all done without any kind of destruction. And then I went home, and I turned on the news, and I saw Twitter, and I saw that things had devolved here in the same way that it had in the rest of the country. So we're going to talk about these things today, but I couldn't do a conversation like this alone, and I appreciate you all being willing to listen. We'll spend five good minutes at the end of the podcast talking about some major announcements that we'll have in terms of programming around here. Some of you may have already noticed a new show dropped in your feed on Monday. I'll explain a little bit of what that is at the end of the pod, but first, let's get to Teron Davenport and Kari Blossom Back here, 615 Sessions podcast, powered by Tennessee Tickets, A to Z Sports, A to Z Nashville.com. We are here and joined by a couple of our friends, and we're glad to have them here for a discussion that's going to be unlike what we normally do, what any of us normally do, it seems, because life is not normal right now. In the midst of uh, all things 2020, we are coming off a weekend in which police brutality uh, protests took place in Nashville in response to the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota and similar cases in the African American community. And Teron Davenport of ESPN.com, talking with TD is the podcast where you go when we are doing things normally, TD and talking shop. You can throw him a follow at Davenport underscore NFL. Uh, and Kari Blasingame, Titans fullback at KB underscore two three is where you find him. My friend, welcome back to the show, both of you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So let's let's start from the top, I guess, from from our perspectives. Everything over the course of last week, with the uh, the life uh, lost of George Floyd, the consequent, however long it took, arrest of the officer um, who committed the crime, and we've seen so many racial tensions at this point. Guys, just kind of overflow in a way that people have been predicting for a long time, certainly in, in communities who are aware of this kind of stuff happening, happening normally. And I guess just to start things off, how did you, how did you guys consume the news when it happened and how have you consumed the events of the past 48 to 72 hours at this point?
1: Toronto, I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to let you go first.
0: Not a problem. Well,
2: for me, I saw the video on social media, right, and it's actually you know social media has become the source for a lot of news. Um, I'll be honest with you, when I saw it i I watched it and it brought tears to my eyes just to think that this is something that that still happens and um you know honestly it, it's it's unfortunate that the very people who are supposed to serve and protect us. and and make sure that that everything is safe in this case inflicted violence and ultimately murder so i mean that's those were the first things i thought of it brought me back to experiences that i had when i was younger um and it's it's just something that that we have to figure out how to 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 keep this from continuing to happen and how to deal with with these things and, and have very swift and and severe consequences for it. So those are the things that I thought of. And the thing that we have to remember is it's not just George Floyd, right? Uh, just you have Breonna Taylor. I I mean, how can you explain that situation? How can you explain Ahmaud Aubrey? What happened to him? And uh, it, it, these are things that uh, it's infuriating, and I I, I think. For me, seeing that, I wondered if that was going to be the breaking point, and it's almost like I think that is the breaking point for for this country, and, and people are outraged.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't even watch. I didn't even watch the video. Uh, sometimes with things like that, I don't. I don't consume the videos right when they right when they come out.
0: Oh, I, I did. One could hardly
1: blame you. Yeah, you know, I did see the pictures and I read stories, so I consumed it in that way. But, I mean, I'm right on with, with Teron, man. Uh, it's the same thing that's been happening uh, for decades. And it's just, I mean, seeing, seeing these things happen over and over again, you lack faith that there's going to be anything that happens to the perpetrators of this violence. Because, in my opinion, the system is, is, is broken. It's not operating the way that we expect it to for, for individuals who desire to protect and serve. Uh, so yeah, just echo on what Teron said. You know, it, it breaks your heart, uh,
0: and it, you you wonder when things are going to change. I, so many people wonder this, and and it's fine. It's almost like a a wash, rinse, and repeat cycle uh, that people are people are understandably frustrated and tired with. And and I guess that's why I wanted I wanted perspective from you guys because that's not something in my personal life. I don't. I don't understand that kind of outrage because that's not something that's happening in my community. That's not something that's happening to people in my family or people that I know. Um, But the more that we see social media, one of the few good aspects that it seems that we have is the ability to shine a light on things like that and to increase awareness. But in that increased awareness, I'm wondering what you guys think should be the, the response from the people whose voices are trying to be heard. Because we saw a very, very peaceful protest executed by uh, members of the African-American community, by people involved in, in state, uh, state and local government who came together at the Legislative Plaza for the I Will Breathe rally. And that was done. I was there uh, to observe, and that was done very peacefully. And then we saw the events of the evening devolve as uh, as they have across the rest of the country, into what became less of a protest and more of what could be deemed a riot. And so I'm wondering from both of your perspectives, what is the appropriate response here? Because I can see the good and the bad in both sides, but also I can understand that I'm not the person who needs to, un- I mean, I need to understand, but like, I guess, I guess I need to have it explained to me. I feel like so many of our other listeners do as well.
2: Well, I think where you said so many of our other listeners, I, I think that's the key. And case in point, I, I don't put too much non-football stuff on, on my timeline and social media. But I, I did share a quote from Stokely Carmichael. And I did mention how, because I knew, that the response will partly be, well, what about Chicago? What about black on black crime? Here's my thing. That shouldn't be the default response. It shouldn't be, oh, well, white people are being killed too. In, in what way is-, is that a proper way to respond? So for me, first and foremost, I think those who aren't suffering from this systematic uh, oppression, from-, from the racism that, that we go through, on a daily basis. I think the first thing to do is listen. And another thing is, if you're someone that I'm willing to discuss this with, that means I trust you, right? And in that trust, you need to recognize that you're being trusted. And the first thing that you have to do is try to develop understanding. Because you can't have empathy if you don't have understanding. So that I think first and foremost is where we have to start. There's too many times where well, what about black on black crime? Or what about this? You know, um, if someone says that they're a cancer victim, right? And, you know, if someone says that they've been diagnosed with breast cancer, we don't go to them and say, well, you know what? A lot of people have pancreatic cancer also. So, why is it that in this situation, we want to point to other things instead of recognizing the issue at hand? I
1: agree 100% with that, man. And, And just, you know, back to your question, what should the appropriate response be? I don't think it's it's not my place to tell anyone how to be angry about injustice. And it's none of our places, you know. uh, Again, with the rioting and and the looting, things like that, I'm not going to I'm not going to condemn people who. you know take place in that because like I said I can't tell anybody how to be angry but I'm angry but I'm not going to condone it either uh but I because I do because I do understand that uh I mean this is built up over years and years I was I was uh maybe it was middle school or high school I can't even remember when I first remembered uh you know Trayvon Martin and, and taking in that situation and, he, and for, for people who are older than me it goes back to it goes back to even more cases so I think, uh, I think that we should not be looking for an appropriate response a response that makes us feel good, because the purpose of protest is to make people uncomfortable who would not otherwise be paying attention to the, to the issue. I've seen a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, let's, let's not, you know, push out more hate. Let's be peaceful. I mean, but you, I don't think you can communicate up to a violent system with, with peace. Because they don't hear that. So like I said, I don't condone it, but I understand I understand why people are, are participating in the actions that they are. Now some people are using the, the 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 moment as an opportunity to just do whatever. Of course. And 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 I definitely, I definitely do not condone that. But for those that are out there for Breonna Taylor and for those that are out there for George Floyd, there's there's no I don't I don't find it in my in my lane to tell people how to protest, to tell people what to say and what to do.
0: The, the, the thing that comes to my mind, first and foremost, are people like Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who have been advocates for, for civil rights for so long. And guys like that have to be looking at this situation and be like, really, we are still having to get out here and do the exact same thing this many years after the fact like what is what is the disconnect and i think and i think that's the most perplexing thing in all of this is how how people can how people can distinguish immorality and and make it something political or something that it's not when it's just a matter of right versus wrong when all people are asking for is to be recognized for the pain to be recognized for these emotions of anger or fear or whatever the case may be, to be recognized in a way that people, people feel clearly that they haven't been heard. And as we have seen throughout the course of history, have not been heard. And, and to me, guys, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because, like, I'm, you know, I'm going out there, I'm going out there not, not ignorant, but a little oblivious about what kind of situation that, that, may, be, that may be taking place uh, in terms of the I Will Breathe rally. And, I'm, and I'm, I left there feeling so good about what it is that was accomplished. There were civil leaders, civic leaders out there participating. There were people of all different races and religions and creeds out there participating. And when I left at five, when the thing, for, for the most part, disbanded, it was done peacefully. And I'm like, man, that is really, really unique. Maybe that's something that can carry through. And then you saw people who weren't satisfied with what took place and that's that's the kind of emotions that you're speaking to car you can't tell people how to experience emotion yeah
1: and it, and also also that that uh that statement requires some nuance as well because like i said some people are co opted in the moment yeah, to to get off their their riotous or I don't even know if that's a word, but to get off their, their riot and their, their their anarchy fantasy, they're taking advantage of the, of the moment. Um, And that's people of all races that are doing that. So I think it's, I think it's important to try to identify the people who are there for Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery in those situations and try to use discernment and, and, and really identify who's there for what reasons. I, I think, I think the, I think that deserves a little bit more nuance than I gave in my first response.
0: Well, and I think and I think to to piggyback off that car, you had expressed concerns prior to this protest taking place for people who who may not be protected out there or who may walk into a situation like this, unknowing of the possibility that stuff like this could happen, that people would take advantage of a peaceful protest to just loot and riot. Not, not at all for the cause, but just an advantage to, or a, 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 an opportunity to take advantage of chaos for them to commit crimes and completely unrelated from the situation that people were out there trying to vocalize. I think that's something you did very well in expressing to people prior to in a way that I had not considered heading out there because I, I don't have to think that way, fortunately. Right.
1: Right, when you have, when you have people co-opting the movement, and, and unfortunately for African-Americans, anytime that you're gonna be in close proximity with, with police officers, uh, you, you don't know how that is gonna, is gonna play out. So, um, so, with, so with that, with seeing that you know, these organizations were putting uh, flyers out about having a march and uh, watching marches and protests across the country be co-opted by people who may not be there for Breonna Taylor, for George Floyd, for Ahmaud Arbery, uh, it, it gives me a little bit of pause because anytime you come into contact with police officers or officers of the state, you don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna uh, happen. And we see all over the country as well that even when people are protesting peacefully in the streets, uh, they're still met with violence from police officers, not just from outside riders and, and looters. So that that was a concern as well. That even though you may go and intend to be peaceful, you may be incited to violence by People who are not there for the right reasons, and also by officers and members of the the police force, which unfortunately it's not all of them, but it happens. So I I, I had some concerns for people who were going to go be a part of of that because when you do have people who might not be out there with your agenda with your agenda in mind that are setting fire and breaking windows, when it comes time to di- differentiate who is who, the police officers the police officer is going to grab who they see, and more times than not, if African Americans are out there protesting, they may be the ones getting grabbed, and not. Uh, or if anybody is out there peacefully protesting, they might be the ones getting grabbed and getting roughed up. Whereas the people who are actually doing the damage are, you know, getting off scot free and don't have to deal with any of the consequences. That's not always the case, but I just had to. I had some concerns with the safety of people going out and putting themselves in the, in the situation that, you know, it's a hot situation right now. So that's, that's what I wanted to articulate with those posts that you're talking about from Twitter.
2: And Kyrie makes a good point because I I wanted to go to the, to the rally, you you know, my 14 year old daughter, she wanted to go to the rally, but I, I didn't allow it to happen. Now my 21 year old, she's 21. She is legally an adult and she went to the, to the rally. Um, but it, it's, it's unfortunate that a great cause like this, you have to be concerned for your well-being when supporting a great cause like that. So I, I am in agreement with what Kyrie said. But I appreciate you going to, to that rally. And these are the type of things that I feel needs to happen where, as it goes back to what I said, developing understanding so that way you could also have empathy.
0: It's the only way that, that we can advance the conversation. If people just go, and even if for whatever reason you can find some cause to be in disagreement with what was taking place out there, what harm does it do you to just go and to listen to what's being said? And then at least help formulate your opinions from there. Not, not, rush, to, not rush to a cause that you don't understand. That people who that may be ignorant of, that people who are not watching the news or are disconnected from social media, are ignorant of and get caught up in their own trains of thought. And I understand that not everybody is paying as close attention to the news as they should be because people don't, you know, people have lives and but that and and things and responsibilities and obligations that pull them away from being totally consumed by this kind of thing. But the more, the more discussion that can be had from it, and it's why I really appreciate you guys being willing to come on here and talk with me about it because, honestly, I didn't know how to have this conversation. And there was no way to – it would be morally wrong to ignore what's taking place in our country despite that, despite our, our involvement, the three of us respectively in sports, and what it is our lane is, if that's how you want to define it. I don't think it should be defined that way. I think this is an important platform to be able to have these conversations and to hear everybody's perspective on it, so people can grow from it.
2: Yeah, and, and it is an important platform because, for me and for a lot of other sports, it reflects life. And that being said, you, you look at like my my post on, on on social media yesterday about the uh, the Tulsa massacre. A lot of people don't know about that. I do. There's a lot of history out there that no one knows about. Case in point, if you look at Tom Arsenal, now this is, this is a, a slave born in, in Virginia, and he was the first documented case of what we see now, whereas you have black athletes using sports as a way to get out of their tough situation. Tom Arsenal went to, to England And he eventually challenged the English champ in boxing. Most people don't know about that. Most people right here in the South where there's so much interest in the Kentucky Derby, most people don't know that Oliver Lewis, a black man, won the first Kentucky Derby. Most people know nothing about Isaac Murphy, who was a three-time Kentucky Derby winner. Most people don't know about that. So just like history, outside of sports history within sports is being hidden and those things are frustrating too along with the things that that we go through these are our forms of of, that a lot of people don't know about the jockey syndrome right research it i'm not going to get in a dissertation about it but research the jockey syndrome and you'll see how that relates to sports and then into real
1: life i'm about to write that down because i need to research that
0: That's exactly right. That's why, that's why we love TD around here for the people, educating the masses, my man. I, I I guess, I guess when I, when I look at what I want to come out of the, the conversations that we're having here and the conversations around all of this that each of us are having across the platforms that we're able to have it on, how can, what can we do from here? How can Maybe even if even if it is sports as the platform as we're discussing as we're seeing so many athletes such as yourself, Kari, and so many athletes across different sports utilize the platform to be able to draw attention um, from people who would not otherwise pay attention to things like this. How can we, as a sports community, I guess collectively, help us to heal, or is or is that too superficial? Is it something that's deeper than that? Because I, I honestly, I ask because I don't have the answer. Uh,
1: in my opinion, uh, the, the symbolism of sports, uh, different people from all different races coming together and working towards a common goal, seeing value in each other in their roles, that symbolism is great. And um, if, if if individuals who who can look at me as a football player and see my value as a football player, I would love for them to be able to, when I take off my jersey, when I take off my helmet, to see value in me as a person, to see value in my uh, my stances on certain political issues and my stances on certain social issues. Uh, so it would be a great start for us to say, you know, this is this is how fo- a football locker room works. Everybody has a value. Everybody understands that we're working together for a common goal, and we respect that. All too all, all too often in 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 the in the world if I'm a black man and I'm not an athlete or I'm not an entertainer, my value is is perceived. I, I don't know what my value is to say someone who doesn't look like me, you know, I don't know if they see my value. Sure. So it's, it's important that we take that symbolism in, in sports of everybody having value working together towards a common goal. And we try to make that uh, translate into the real world, into the real, real world. But uh, not to call it superficial, but, Apart from the symbolism, uh, individuals need to really use their platforms to advocate for, for solid change. Uh, mm-hmm. Surface statements about you know all standing together and being together, I think they're good on the surface. But when you get down into the work, there ne- there's more work that needs to be done. Oh, the bar and, uh, is so low in that regard.
0: The bar is so low for, for people to be able to take that stance.
1: Yeah, I do agree that the bar is low. But I, I I do think that we're moving in the right direction now with more people waking up and seeing, hey, this is wrong. Uh, talking about right from wrong with each other. I've had several conversations in the past days with past teammates and past coaches uh, just talking about it like, hey, you know, what can I do? And and that's, I mean, that's a positive. That's a positive. It's a lot of darkness going on, but that's a positive. that A lot of people are opening their eyes and trying to see what what they can do and what they can say and and what they need to read to educate themselves to to move it forward. And there's a lot of things that I believe that we can do uh, to move forward, but I'm not going to get into that yet. I'm not going to get on my soapbox right here, right now. I'm going to let Teron have the floor for a second. But if we get into that, we can get into that.
2: Well, yeah, I'm going to agree. And and here's the thing. Uh, Ronnie Lott actually we got to talk to him for, uh, Emory Hunt and I, for, for our two-part book series about football and how it reflects life. And one of the things that he said he loves most about football, he, he called it, he mentioned the huddle. And he mentioned how within that huddle, there are 11 guys. They don't all look like each other. More importantly, they don't all like each other. But they understand that there's a common goal. And that common goal is to get into the end zone or stop another team from getting in the end zone. And that is the thing that that supersedes everything else. And I think for us as people, our common goal is to be able to exist peacefully, to coexist and, and be successful. And success is different to each person, but we all want success. So that's huge. And then you look at some of these athletes that have used their platform. I, I think when you, you Look at a guy like Josh McCown, who, along with Malcolm Jenkins, went and and spoke to Congress about passing legislature to even things a bit more and and to write some of these systematic uh, forms of oppression that are in place. This is how you can help. And it doesn't have to be literally going to Congress. It could be supporting groups that advocate for minorities and people of color. I think there there's a lot of things that you could do. There's platforms all over the place. Now how radical of a platform you want to support is is up to you. But
0: I think getting involved is, is really where it starts. It's it's the beauty of sports. It just exposes you to people and places and and ways of thinking. Uh it, because you have to. You have to get to know these people to be able to achieve these kind of goals. And that's, that's what I think has helped broaden everybody's horizons who exists within sports. Like it's the one place that no matter political affiliation or, or color or, or, uh, or religious beliefs, People, are, you can be united against the Indianapolis Colts fans as a Tennessee Titan fan. You can be uh, united against Tennessee fans as a Vanderbilt Commodore alumni. You can do all of these things, but you can do it with people who don't look like it you, don't look like you at all, and have completely and totally different backgrounds and stories than you do. But you can be united in that moment, and I think that's what. Even even though superficial though it may be, I just it it's a starting place, and at some point we have to find some kind of foothold. Um, yeah,
1: and I, I, and I and I and I do think that sports gives us an opportunity. Like once you get into a locker room with guys, uh, especially in college, I had a great opportunity in college to be able to talk to guys, and we had different arguments and conversations. And uh, one of my teammates uh, that we we talked about the Kaepernick protest. And uh, we had several conversations, several debates in the locker room about that. And he came to understand uh, the point, like, you know, the, the, the point of protest is, that is to make people uncomfortable. When he called me the other day, He's like, hey, man, I want to, I want to listen. I want to hear what you have to say about this. I want to, you know, I want to get a different perspective on these things. And we talked, we talked for about an hour about it. And I think that's, that's another way that we can take from, from sports. It just kind of clicks So I wanted to say it, but. In in that locker room, you can't run from it. You know, in in everyday life, you can get into your home. You can choose what to look at on social media. You can choose to not look at the news or to look at it. In sports, you have to. You have to tackle problems that you have with people or or differences. You have to tackle it head on if you want to be a good team. The best teams that I've been on, we had those hard conversations. And they're not always sweet. They're not always feel good, lovey-dovey, and fluffy. But at the end of the day, there's a mutual respect for your teammates. And, again, if that can translate into, into real world and, and if sports can really be a microcosm of the real world, then we can move forward if things like that happen.
0: That happen in locker rooms. Uh, the, the, the symbolism, to, to bring back up what Colin Kaepernick initially started protesting for and then we find ourselves here Unfortunately, talking about another knee is—I mean, it is unbelievable how things have unfortunately come full circle in that way. But.
2: Can I add something about Colin Kaepernick also? That a lot of people don't realize, but when they started um, singing "God Bless America," he 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 stood for that, and he said he stood for that because he loves America. You know, so it's just unfortunate that a person who took a knee, he respected the flag. He took the knee, but he's looked upon as someone who is anti-American. But here's a case in point of how he actually expresses love for the country.
1: Right, right. And I think it was James Baldwin who said this, is like, you know, it's because I love America so much that I reserve the right to, to critique her so harshly. You know, I, I may be I might be butchering the quote, but just
0: Meaning because I love
1: because I love America, I'm not just going to sit back and be be okay with all of its wrongdoings. Right. Because I love America and because I'm a because I love being an American citizen, I'm going to push to make things much better than they already are. And I think I think that is kind of what I get from what you just said. You know, he loves America and he wants to make it better for everybody. That's in America so yeah I hate to, I'm i gonna try not to get on my soapbox
0: too much man no boss man you're here because we appreciate your voice in all of this truly and uh and it's it's a shame that I that we're running out of time here in our in our virtual meeting room because I feel like this conversation could go on uh forever but I and unfortunately forever it seems uh, a conversation that we continue to have and hopefully one that we will that we will continue to progress. Teron Davenport of ESPN.com, excellent Titans reporter for the NFL Nation. You can get him at Davenport underscore NFL. And for some good football talk, you got the Talking with TD podcast rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get my man's podcast. Kari Game, Titans fullback at KB underscore three is where you follow him. For all of these important messages and just the general musings of Kari Blossengame. He's an interesting guy. You should throw him a follow. Boys, I appreciate the time here today and, uh, and thank you for the conversation.
2: No problem.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Back here, 615 Sessions Podcast, A to Z Sports, A to Z SportsNashville.com. Very pleased to be joined by a first time guest here on the show, Steve Cavendish, editor for the, the Nashville Banner, editor of the Nashville All right. Banner. Steve Cavendish, kind enough to join us on the podcast. My man, I appreciate you joining us despite the circumstances that it might be under. Um, because there has been considerable, uh, considerable news over the course of the past week, uh, especially here locally in the past 72 hours with all of the protests that took place in, uh, in, the, in the outcry that has resulted from the murder of George Floyd's death across the country. Here in Nashville, we, ex- we experienced similar protests that were started with the intention of being peaceful protests. Uh, and devolved into what we are seeing around the country uh, into rioting and looting situations. And I'm, he, I'm grateful for you, Steve, uh, to, for being here because the media perspective of all of this has been fascinating to watch play out. And as somebody who's been here and covered Nashville uh, so for such a long time and so in-depth and so knowledgeable about the workings of Nashville, I uh, I greatly appreciate you being being willing to share your opinion here with us today.
3: Well, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's been a it's been a weird uh, it's been a weird 24. Well, it's been a weird 72 hours.
0: It's, well, the last 24 have been weirder for sure. <laughs> you know, like every 24 is is weirder than the last.
3: I, you know the, the the virus the virus quarantine stuff has got my days so messed up. Anyway, uh, I don't know if all this was happening on a Friday or Saturday or a Tuesday.
0: It's it's honestly it's all incredibly disorienting. But uh, it was made very real over the course of the weekend. So we saw we saw the the coverage of George Floyd's uh, George Floyd's life being taken up there in Minnesota. The Protests and and riots that resulted both uh, just dissimilar situations, one having evolved from another. Some of the rioting having nothing, if very little, to do with the actual causes that were being protested, uh, in terms of police brutality against the African American community. And it found itself in Nashville on Saturday. And so I guess I'm wondering, Steve, if we start from the beginning, how do you think? That the coverage of all of this has been across Nashville media outlets, because even as recently as today with Stacy case of Fox 17 and Natalie Allison from the Tennessee and who has done such fantastic reporting over the past weekend, this is causing divisions even within the media.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things to, to keep in, uh, to keep in account one I think the boots on the ground reporting has been really good. Um, uh, there were a bunch of people from uh, the scene and from Tennessean and other outlets out um, on Saturday night that if you were, if you were following, they were mainly on social media. You couldn't, you could follow the bit on the Tennessean site, but you know, they lock up pretty early on, on, on the weekends now. Um so you got some of that on their site, but but mainly following through social media, you could get a pretty good indication of both the, the tenor of the protest uh, and then the uh, kind of what it sort of devolved into. Um, I, I think the protest itself was a huge success, uh, at least um, for what the organizers were trying to do in getting attention and getting a lot of people out in the streets. Um, and then, you know, there's always... The risk of, of this some of these kind of bad actors, and I think there's a the, the problem that and and this is from a media standpoint trying to cover it, is these guys are kind of floating around the are floating around the scene, and then tensions start to get a little high. There are some people provoking it, uh, and you saw some of the some of the damage that uh, that we saw on Saturday night. So. There's some good, there's some good reporting. I, you know, it's, it's funny. Stacy Case wanted to, wanted to scold Natalie Allison for, I guess, not retweeting the, the, the MNPD tweets or something. I don't know. I mean, Natalie was out at the courthouse as it was bur- being burned. So yes. I, 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 she's a good reporter and she, and she did a really nice job. I don't know what Stacy's deal is. She keeps, she keeps, you know, retweeting screenshots from Metro council members like she's like she's reporting the story uh, from her house in you know in Williamson County. So good luck with that, Stacey.
0: It's an interesting thing to watch play out. But I guess when we talk about successfully, the I will be uh, I will breathe rally taking place at the Legislative Plaza from three to five p.m. was the timeline that was outlined for it. You saw. Mayor John Cooper come down. You saw various groups from across uh, from across the African American community help to come together and organize what was ultimately within that that time frame a peaceful protest. I actually went down myself just to kind of observe. I've never been to anything like that before, and I thought it would be I thought it would be unique. And given what what is happening around the rest of the country, from from a From an outsider's perspective, just to kind of observe everything that went down, and I left at about quarter till five feeling very good about what was accomplished there. and then I come home and I see as as we're discussing all of the reporting on social media and how how just how rapidly it turned. I'm wondering, Steve, what you thought of the way that it was handled uh, from from the city's perspective and and how things kind of came to pass. Well,
3: I, I think the city's I think the city's response was actually not bad. Uh, the The metro the metro cops have been loath to it, engage these uh, these sort of protests. There've been a couple of hot points over the last couple of years, particularly with uh, in, in the case of some cops shootings uh, and protests that followed that. And I think they've 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 been good about not reacting here. And I think they're sensitive to that. Uh, there's a there's a trial that's going to I mean I, it, the trial date's been pushed back, uh, but the donkey trial uh, of uh, of a metro cop who shot a kid in the back uh, is coming up this summer, and I think that's in the back of their minds is that is that they have to conduct themselves at at, at a really high level here because they're about to be on trial for uh, or at least this officer uh, is about to be on trial for his actions and. I don't think they want the community to blow up like, because that that case is still really raw right um, uh particularly within the African American community in Nashville. So you always have this the the this, this situation with these bad actors though and it it's clear that you know guys were coming in just looking to incite mayhem. Uh and I don't know what their background is. Uh the thing that the thing that's bad uh, and this is some of what Stacy was amplifying that's just kind of dumb, is kind of labeling these these folks as either Antifa or white supremacists or whatever else. We we don't actually know. I mean, and as the media I, I think uh, has done a pretty good job of not trying to label somebody's actions within this thing uh, as one way or the other. Up in Minnesota, I think the, the, the Minnesota governor had come out and said, Hey, uh, we have intelligence reports that there were white supremacists who were like trying to burn black parts of the city uh under the guise of protest i don 't know that any of that was happening here. The guy who was arrested for 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 throwing the um, for throwing the fire into the courthouse you know had a a, a a pretty long record uh so it, its i think it's clear he was local and maybe just you know you know maybe just kind of an idiot i don 't know why he was out there trying to do all of this, uh, but it clearly was well outside the bounds of what anybody was protesting about that afternoon
0: without question and then you see the the visuals that kind of that at least for from our from our industry's perspective you know, one covering news and politics, the other sports just from the media, the reaction to the media coverage that was at these sites, whether it 's the c n n reporter and his crew being arrested in Minnesota after explaining to the police there that they were there as media and saying, hey, where would you like me to go? This happening on live television. You saw the reporters in Louisville, the television reporters in Louisville who were being peppered with rubber bullets and the damage, the subsequent damage that we've seen that these rubber bullets can do. uh, People's eyeballs being ruptured from catching them, uh, catching, uh, catching a rubber bullet in the middle of the protest. But the media being uh, being amplified in a way that they don't want to be a part of the story, but you're making them a part of the story because these things are happening while the cameras are rolling, and these people don't seem to care about about the repercussions that may come afterwards. I'm wondering, Steve, as a as a journalist for as long as you've been one, what you kind of make of See, the, use a the different state word.
3: That than, I would use a different word than amplified. I would say targeted. Um, I, I mean, I think that uh, that. It's obvious that the George Floyd case. Uh, somebody had a really good line on Twitter uh, today that said, uh, so, uh, "The smartphone has provided more protection to uh, African Americans." I Trump saw that. Than 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 anything else uh, from from from, from police, police brutality, and it's kind of darkly humorous, but it's also not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I think that. Uh, I, there, I think there's some bad actors within law enforcement who don't like coverage there and have seen, you know, have seen coverage of them being forceful and, you know, turned, you know, turned those pepper, those pepper guns uh, on like, like the reporter up in Louisville, you know, and just taking a, you know, taking a whack at her. When it's clear, person has a microphone in hand, they're being, you know, they're on camera, there's their lights on. This is not, you know, this is not somebody with a cell phone. Uh, and i think they don't i think there's some folks within law enforcement that don't appreciate the scrutiny uh it, it's and that 's why the job is important that 's why it's important to have independent actors there uh monitoring these things
0: and and we saw i mean, certainly we saw just how much i don 't know it's 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 just such an important way to shine a light on some of this stuff that so you know people who who would choose to be willfully ignorant cannot ignore. You have to acknowledge the situations that are taking place, and we saw how much good it can do to have these independent actors in media to be there to cover it. Uh, I've, been,
3: I've been amazed at how much it's it's sort of reverberated too. Um, you know, the as the Bundesliga came back in Germany over the weekend, uh, and uh, as some of the um, some of the other soccer leagues have. Has sprung up. You've seen tributes to George Floyd uh, uh, from players. I mean, a guy for one of Germany's biggest teams uh, scores a goal, rips off his shirt, and and just says, and it says, you know, respect for George Floyd. Uh, and I, I think that that gives you an indication of how serious a, a point this is in our in our country. You know, I, I think a lot of people have been looking at this as some sort of inflection point. Uh, f- for us internally, but everything we do because of the way video is instantaneously transmitted around the world uh, is seen by the rest of the world. And, and I think that, you know, police, uh, you know, issues of police force and brutality uh, don't make the United States look particularly good. Uh, and, I, and while I take some solace in like, for instance, the Liverpool team uh, all taking a knee at practice to start out, uh, as they as they came back from from quarantine. Uh, I mean, I thought that was a really nice tribute, but it's also an indication that the rest of the world is you know is watching as these bad things happen on our soil and are kind of looking at us, going, "What the hell's going on?"
0: When we when we think that we are the leaders in all of these areas and social media for all for all the bad that it can do does uh, does its part in making sure that this, it's a, it's a very stark reminder to see just yeah. how far we have yet to go and how much of this is really out there that people just haven't, haven't seen. Uh, I, I'm, before we get out of here, Steve, and Steve Cavendish joining us here on the 615 Sessions podcast, editor of the Nashville Banner, and grateful for his time, a lot of media members throughout, throughout the, the scope of of different media outlets have been outspoken about this and maybe the bar is just that low it's a very easy position to take that you're just on the side of morality and to declare that publicly people seem to react negatively to social media following is one thing and those people that choose to leave, leave media members because of those those kind of emotions are are identifying themselves as 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 people who, I mean, frankly, just are are willfully ignoring racism, and so I'm curious as to what you think about the the reaction that you've seen from media members across the spectrum in a way that I think has been louder than than we're accustomed to seeing with these kind of things.
3: I think it's been louder in part because the because the situation is more serious. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's a guy who was who was you know, killed in broad daylight on, uh, on a Minneapolis street. And I think it's hard to, I think it's hard for media members are human too. And I I think that that piece uh, will overcome, will will overcome any, any other sort of kind of uh, uh, professional uh, piece there. I, I think a lot of people just, feel empathy for the Floyd family and uh, that this kind of tragic situation happens, you know, not in frequently enough, uh, you know, kind of in the United States. And it's, it's hard not to, it's hard not to react. You know, the other piece of that too is, you know, I I think people have always had these feelings. It's very easy to express them now uh, when you have a smartphone in your hand and a and a social media service, uh, you know, at the ready. Uh, and uh, you know, I guess the, I guess what I would say is that, you know, media members are, are human, and, and they're, they're, I don't think they can help themselves, but but to be but to feel some kind of reaction in these situations. I don't think you want a media full of automatons in, in a situation like this.
0: Yeah, I I think the the more the more that we're finding, people are very quick to forget that media members. Uh, are are living, breathing human beings that are not just out there to out there to sabotage them unnecessarily. It's uh, these. I know. I know you've seen these kind of emotions expressed towards media, and it just seems to only be getting worse and more contentious the the longer that this thing goes on. But regardless, we're grateful for Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner. Uh, for providing his perspective here on the 615 Sessions Podcast. Steve, I hope you'll come back. I hope it's under much lighter circumstances, and I hope that we can uh, that we can continue to have you a part of our conversations around here. Grateful for your time, as always. Make sure you give him a follow on social media, at S. Cavendish. Uh, and, of course, the Nashville banner is where you can find everything Steve Cavendish is currently editing. Appreciate your time, sir.
3: Thanks, man. Let's talk sports sometime.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be, I'd love that. I, I, oh my god, are you kidding me, Steve? I'm dying. I have I'm sitting here, I got a streaming show, I got seven, seven shows a week I'm responsible for with sports, and I got nothing. Got absolutely nothing to talk about. <laughs> Race riots across the country, God help us.
3: <laughs> good to talk to you, Buck.
0: All right, so now it's time for five good minutes. We are doing this segment at the end of every podcast now. Just one thing, a show, that has been stuck in my craw that I've been thinking about and that I want to get off my chest and talk to you guys about every week. And this one is, it's a, it's a different kind of spin on things because we're going to talk about some changes that are coming to this particular podcast feed. Now they're all good. All of the changes are positive. Everything is moving forward in the right direction I had somebody, some of you have, n- have noticed that there was an additional show placed in this feed today and thought that I was fired because of how uh, talkative I've been on the subject of uh, racial inequality here lately. But I want to make sure, first and foremost, I'm still here. I'm still going to be here every Tuesday and Thursday in the podcast feed. This, the primetime show continues Sunday to Thursday night, 8 p.m. Austin and Zach have been great about allowing me to speak what's on my mind in regards to all of this stuff. And I think that helps create necessary and important conversation and sets a really, really good precedent for what it is that we do around here. But I'm, I'm a little emotional about these changes that are made, being made because this will now be where the A to Z Sports Podcast Network exists. Every Monday, you will get a new episode of what you heard yesterday if you are hearing this on Tuesday or thereafter, what you heard on Monday was Charlie Burris and Zach Reagan, who host our Big Orange podcast. They will be talking balls with you in this feed every Monday. Tuesday, you'll still get one of me in the 615 sessions. Wednesday, it's the Tighten Up podcast with our friends Austin Huff and Jack Gentry. And then I'll be back with you on Thursdays, Fridays, during hockey-related content season, Alex Doherty will have the Preds Nashcast, and we will be giving you a full-service podcast network of all your favorite local sports teams here in this particular feed. But why this is the subject of five good minutes, and it's not really five good minutes, it's five self-involved minutes, but that's because this feed represents something very special to me. It represents... The first opportunity that I had to speak in front of a microphone. It represents what this feed has been over the four years that it's existed. And it represents you guys. Because y'all are my day ones. You all are my P ones. You guys are the best and the brightest of all of the audiences that I'm fortunate enough to have. Because you guys have been with me the longest. You're the reason that this thing has had any kind of success at all. And so it represents a change in that it's not just going to be you and I anymore here a couple times a week talking amongst each other, talking with our friends, but those conversations will still exist. We're just going to share some new voices here with you. But this has evolved in great ways over the past four years that we've had it. From when it was not affiliate, when it was, an, when it was a podcast done by myself and Eric Steele a part-time host for one hundred and uh, 102.9 The Buzz here in Nashville before 102.5 picked that podcast up. It was technically foul. Eric was, uh, was changed out for Julian Council, our dear friend, and I appreciate Eric's efforts in trying to make this podcast go. Julian helped make it better, and it was a college basketball podcast. Then, when Julian left to head back to Charlotte, this became Tackling Music City which was a a twice-a-week podcast and a radio show that I was lucky enough to host. And then it became the 615 Sessions, which will be, in its final evolution, the A to Z Sports podcast feed. But through all of those things, you guys have been the best. And I just wanted to spend our five good minutes together here on this Tuesday, thanking you for everything that you have done to allow this to succeed independently through each change that it has been through, because you guys have been there from the jump. And I said it plenty to you, so any more is probably just excessive. But I cannot express how grateful I am for the years that you have given me at this point. And I hope you will continue to be loyal through all of the new voices that you hear, through all of the new content that you will receive. And I'm grateful to you for continuing to support what we're doing here on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. So, Make sure that you're kind to the guys, the guys I have instructed them to be kind to you because you all are the reason that I am allowed to be here, and I am eternally grateful for it. So that's five good minutes on the format change, on the programming announcement that we will be having here on the formerly 615 Sessions feed. This is now the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, and we're happy that Austin and Zach have chosen to include us in all of the things going on, and I look forward to continuing great conversations with you guys in the future. Meanwhile, you got to make sure that you're continuing to participate. you got to still rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. you got to still submit your questions for us to make sure that they make it into Intern Reads, iTunes Review Mailbag that we will do every Thursday. At the end of that podcast, that will continue to be the tradition. So, leave us a question in the reviews in Apple Podcast. We leave it with five stars. We will make sure that we get to it here on the show with any of our guests that will be upcoming. Great conversations had today, by the way. Shouts again to Teron Davenport, Kari Blossing Game, and Steve Cavendish for all of their insights. You guys can tell I'm getting a little emotional as a voice cracker. Couldn't tell you last time I had a voice cracker. This. This is is a good end and a fresh beginning for what this podcast was and what this network will now become. So as always, on the way out the door, because I've rambled far too much this evening, I've taken far too much of your time, but I'm grateful as always for you listening. And I'm going to remind you that you need to stay safe, you need to stay clean, you need to stay hot in Nashville. We will talk to you again on Thursday, right here on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network and the 615 Sessions, powered by Tennessee Tickets and brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports